Hey family, this is Joshua Jones. My wife, Lindsay, and I have the honor of being the lead followers of Way Family Church right here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Thank you for taking a minute to tune in. We pray the message gives you a different perspective about Jesus, His gospel, and what living life in His kingdom is all about. Take notes, listen intently, and be blessed. All right, you guys ready for some good news? Hey, what does good news mean? That's gospel, right? And gospel means what? Good news, right? Is there any bad news to the good news? Nope. If there was bad news to the good news, it would cease to be good news. I don't know what week this is. Um, We're just talking about things, points about the Holy Spirit, baptism, and I just want to stay in that line. Um, Miss Sherry, I'm assuming you got those scriptures I sent you. Is that correct? Thumbs up? You get those scriptures? Okay, we're good to go. Um, I think I sent her Luke 3.16, Ephesians 1.13, and Acts 19. Luke 3.16, Ephesians 1.13, and Acts chapter 19. Somebody say, why y'all read all the Bible, so much Bible verses? You read at the start, you read in the beginning, sometimes you read at the end. Let me see, we're going to believe Jesus, these markers are working. Come on, thank you, Lord. They working, they working, they working. All right. Bless the Lord. Let's do Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Quentin, will you bring me that Bible beside you there, boss? Everybody say, hey, Quentin. This is my first cousin just paying us a visit from North Carolina. All right, Luke 3.16. Here's what it says. John, this is meaning John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Now he's talking about Jesus. He said, he, everybody say, he is Jesus. John says, he or Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So who is the one that baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and fire? It is Jesus. I want you to see that, all right? Everybody knows John 3.16, but there's some amazing 3.16s in the Bible. Luke is one of those. Um, let's look at Ephesians 1.13. Ephesians 1.13. Come on, get big for me there. There we go. Ephesians 1.13 says this. This is Paul, right to the church of Ephesus. He says, In Christ, whom you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, in Christ, having believed, you were sealed. Everybody say sealed. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And then let's look at Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 2. Yeah, Acts 19, 1 through 2. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. And this is Paul. He's on his missionary journeys. It says this, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. So disciples of Christ, he found some there. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now this is is funny, but this is in the Bible. So they said to him, 
we have not so much as even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Next verse, verse 3. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? So they said, we were baptized into John's baptism. Mm-hmm. And Paul said, you're right, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance. And he would say to them that they should believe on the one who would come after him. We just read that, right? John was baptizing people in water saying, yeah, but I got somebody coming after me. I can't even compare with them. That they should believe on him who was coming after him. That is on who? Christ Jesus. Next verse. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, I mentioned this to someone last week. Jesus does say to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But biblically, Every baptism in the Bible after Jesus said that was always, they were always baptized into the name of Jesus. Neither here nor there. Let's get into some gospel with you. Everybody say this. Say the Holy Spirit indwells me, which means he lives in me. He's in me for me. But also, he rests upon me. He empowers me. Do you guys remember um, the little graph that I did, so to speak? And on one side, it was how the Spirit indwells us. On the other side, don't you do it. Don't you do it. You know what? I grew up, hey, I grew up in a place like if that would have happened, they said, look at the devil trying to ruin the service. I ain't trying to ruin the service. I just got a messed up whiteboard. There it goes. I'm trying to figure out how to work this thing. So the Holy Spirit does indwell us, but not only does he indwell us, He also empowers us. He indwells me, watch this, with the life of God. It's the life of God's spirit in me. But he empowers me for other people around me. He empowers me with the Zoe or the life of God, but he empowers me to take the lifestyle of Jesus to those around me. You see that? But I want you to catch this question. This is interesting. And, you know, I'm going to be super transparent with you, probably more transparent than most pastors. Sometimes I'm like, God, what is it? Because I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time here reading this. Is it possible to believe in Jesus and be a follower of Jesus, yet not be baptized with the Holy Spirit? Well, I just, so what did, what did Paul ask these believers? They were believers. What did Paul ask the believers that day in Ephesus? He said, have you what? Received since you what? Believed. So were they believers? (laughs) They were followers of Jesus already, right? They were already followers. So I want you to understand the difference. We talked about this for two weeks. Acts chapter 2 is not the disciples being born again. Remember Acts chapter 2? They were gathered together in an upper room. And the Spirit of God came in the room. It was like fire and wind. And by the way, this is why I love living in the state of Oklahoma. What happens when you put fire and wind together? We have what we call burn bands here. Don't do it. Well, in one room, they had fire and wind. It was meant to spread. 
I'm going to throw this iPad across the back of the room. I said it was meant to spread. Had fire and they had wind in the upper room. Remember this? Every man had their own flame. The same flame that led Israel through the wilderness for 40 plus years. That one flame comes into an upper room, splits into 100 individual flames and rests upon every person in the room. And the flame that used to be above them now rested upon them. But Acts 2 was not about them getting born again. They really got born again in John 20 where Jesus did this. He walks in a room where his disciples were and it says this. He did this. He said, and John said that Jesus breathed on his disciples and he said what? Receive the Holy Spirit. And then they received the Holy Spirit. That was when the Holy Spirit indwelt them or began to live inside of them. Acts chapter 2 is not about being born again. They were already followers of Jesus Christ. They put their faith in the man Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2 is more about empowerment for ministry overall. And you can go back multiple ways on that, but I just want you to see some of the things that begin to happen once these fishermen and tax collectors and just normal Jewish people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. First off, you got Peter, who always, he liked some of our family members. He always spoke before he thought. Now, don't look down your road, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know which spouse that is. You know what I'm talking about. Chris is pointing at you, Kayla. You didn't see, he's like, he's like, you can stay at my house tonight, brother. Don't even sweat it. So, so, so Peter would always speak before he, he would speak before he thought about anything, right? He was a fisherman. They were not well-educated men, right? He's the one that the Holy Spirit uses on the day of Pentecost to stand up and preach the first message of the early church. Not only that, it was Peter and John in the next chapter of Scripture, Acts chapter 3, they go to the gate called what? beautiful which interesting if you look up beautiful in the greek i'm going to pronounce the word wrong it's horaeos h-o-u-r-i-a-s something like that but it's where we get our term hour from they went to the gate of the hour they, they went we call it beautiful gate but it's really a time word and they went to this gate at the right time and a man who'd been there for i don't know how many years now 30 some was it 30 some years or 40 years it's been there for a long time it was the right time that day, and not only did he preach this amazing message, now the Holy Spirit uses these fishermen to heal a man of his crippledness or his lameness, and he gets up and he walks. They get sent to jail for doing good. While there, they get questioned. Basically, they said, how y'all doing this stuff, man? How do you do this? And Peter said, don't look at us as if by our own holiness we did it. It wasn't even us. And then he says this, Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, he made sure it wasn't me. Y'all did that. So watch this. Did God the Father kill Jesus? The way most of us grew up going to church, we heard that the Father killed Jesus, so he wouldn't have to kill you. Like, like our Heavenly Father is a cosmic abuser of his children. 
Where was the father when Jesus was being beat? 2 Corinthians 5, 19. For God the father was in Christ, reconciling the whole cosmos to himself. Jesus said, I and my father are one. While Jesus was being brutally beaten or massacred, it wasn't the father doing it. It was the Jewish or human beings that said, crucify him, Pontius Pilate. All the while this is going on, the father was in the son, bringing the whole cosmos back to himself. Everybody say, I'm tracking with you, Pastor. Acts chapter 2, they get empowered for ministry. Peter stands up, preaches an amazing message. Acts 3, the first miracle in the early church happens. A man that was uh, lame from his mother's womb gets healed. They get taken to jail for it. He confesses it wasn't us who did it. It was really the Jesus that you crucified, that God made both Lord and Christ. He is the one that did it. And the Bible says they had no reason that they could contain him any longer. They had to let him go. These guys in Acts chapter 4 go back to where the other Christians were gathered and they share it. Let me tell you what happened. We went to the gate called Beautiful, and a guy got healed. They locked us up, couldn't find any reason uh, to keep us, asked us how we did it. We told him it was Jesus, the one they all crucified. He's actually alive, even though you crucified him. And now they let us go, and now we're back here with you guys. And as they're sharing this, the Bible said the place began to shake. And it said, watch this, and it said this, and they got filled with the Spirit again. Come on, keep on calling. These guys were normal people just like you and me. They would have been plumbers. Hmm? They would have been school teachers. Right? Don't think of like the disciples like they were God's elite people. Like people say things like, man, I'm, you know, I'm just a scum of the earth. I'm no Paul. <laughs> Paul wasn't any special than you and I would be. They were normal people that God used and anointed by his spirit, right? Did you know that David was a peeping David? I didn't want to say Tom because his name wasn't Tom. Did you know that that was David, a man after God's own heart? Come on. Moses was a benevolent dictator who actually killed a lot of people in the name of the Lord as if the father really told him to do that. And God still used him. Hmm? Samson would lay his head in your lap real quick. Mighty man of power. Can we keep on going? Peter. Now he was a cussing Christian. Some of y'all know them Christians. The great denier. Denied Jesus in his one of his moments of greatest need said, I don't even know who he is. Remember that story? Remember right before Peter denies him, Jesus tells him, he said, when they come to get Jesus, Jesus is like talking to his disciples. He said, the time's going to come. I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of sinful men. You guys are going to deny me. And Peter stands up speaking before he thought and said, Lord, I'll never deny you. Everybody else, well, I won't. And Jesus says, I'm telling you before the night's over, before the rooster crows thrive, before the rooster crows, you'll be denying me three times. And after Peter's third denial, what happened in the background? Cock-a-doodle-doo. And I don't know which gospel it is, but one of them says that Jesus locks eyes with Peter when the rooster crows. 
And everybody else heard a rooster crow. Peter heard a sermon. What about, what about doubting Thomas? I just want you to see that these were not people that had like always the best of character. You can even go in the old covenant, the Hebrew scriptures. These men's lives were much like my own, tattered by life and experiences. But yet God used them. The Holy Spirit indwells me. He brings salvation to me. But he also empowers me by resting upon me or us. And so Luke, the doctor, the writer, doctors are very detailed people. So Luke put in here that it is Jesus that baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. In Ephesians 1.13, Paul uses a term called seal. Everybody say seal. He says that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about the water animal. I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about seal. I, listen, before I knew anything, I used to preach it this way. Like I was really happy. I was preaching. Uh, anyway, I would preach. We have been sealed by what? Holy Spirit. And to me, that meant like back home, we used to can food. You know, we'd take a mason jar and we would, when you finish it, you would do what? You would seal it, and I would preach that the Holy Spirit sealed me, and that is zero of what that means. <laughs> it doesn't mean that it all was so wrong. I was looking this morning, I was like, man, I was passionate about it, but I was passionately wrong. So it doesn't mean that at all. So when he seals us, it literally means he marks us. Thank you, Blue Letter Bible app. He puts his mark on you, and really the mark deals with authenticity. Authenticity. It's like I tell this story. The first time I bought my wife a a a nice purse. I guess, gosh, thirteen years ago now. Right? She wanted a nice purse, and so I thought, let's go to Walmart and pick that thing up. That's exactly what I thought, because I didn't know any better. I didn't have any mentors leading and guiding me. We had a song when I was in high school that says, can't pay my bills. Let me tell you something. Hold on. Now, hold on now. You're worldly. How did you know that song? I heard that song in your car. I didn't listen to it. I heard it from you. So, so, so we had that song when I was in high school, okay? You don't know who sang that song, though, do you? Man. Y'all world, worldlians. Can't pay my bill. Can't pay my telephone bill. I was a youth pastor. They wrote that song for youth pastors. My wife said she wanted a nice purse. I'm legitimate. I'm like, let's go to Walmart. Because all a purse is is a receipt holder. Every husband in the room said, y'all can't even say it. Y'all can't even say it. They can't even say it. It holds receipts and gun wrappers. That's what I thought. So she's like, let's go. We went down to, I think, the mall. I have never been in this store prior to this. We went into what I would have thought was a sports store because it was called Coach. Ain't nobody saying, ain't no man helping me out right now. So I go, I go into the Coach store. Like, what are we doing in here? She's like, I'm getting a purse. It's nice. Guess, you know, she's looking around. Guess what? The first After she walks off, guess what I did? Bunch of prophets in the house. 
I went look at that, like, what, what's the... I'm not buying, like, a liver off the black market. I'm just going to buy a bag to tote receipts in. It was like a... Now, I didn't even know. That's like a... That's like a cheap purse in the purse world. It's like 500 bucks. I'm like, do you know what kind of money your dad paying me? You want a coach purse? I need some coaching right now. I need a, I need a financial coach. I'm dying here struggling. So <laughs> I'm like, Lord Jesus, let her get the cheap one, Lord. Let, her, let, let that cheap one be attracting her attention, Lord. And we walk around the coach store. Finally, we get the purse and then... If, if you're about to get married, please hear what I'm fixing to tell you. Guess what else she wanted? No, they didn't call it a wallet. A what? I, you know what I thought a clutch was? <laughs> the, let's just say the purse is this big for $5.99. The clutch is this big for $3.99. I did not understand that. I did, I don't <laughs> and we used it for three months. I didn't understand it where it was. But you know what, man? I have been to places like New York and just other places. They got places on the side of the street where you can buy a coach purse. And they do the best they can to make that logo look like the authentic one. And then I began to find out there are certain things about certain products, there's certain ways you can find out whether or not this thing is actually authentic. I knew for me that better be authentic. Because that was like a month of paycheck for me. It was, I was authentically broke when we left there. I'm like, well, you know what? You got that purse. We can't even go to Popeye's right now. We got to go back home and eat. It was broke. So seal deals with a mark or authenticity. It's the, if I hold up a shoe with one of these on it, you know what it means. Why? Because you know the mark. And what Paul was saying is God will mark your life in such a way by the Holy Spirit. Watch this. That you will be identifiable. Kaylin, it's what you were telling me this morning. About, I don't know if it was your mom, stepmom, whoever it was you were telling me. He said, he said that she was just a special woman. She was marked. Do you know what it means to have like a mark of authenticity on your life? I mean like for real. Like for real. And maybe what it means to not have that mark and just say, God, I just so, I want to be marked by you. I can remember confessing Christ. Watch this. How, how real can I get? I can remember confessing Christ and still sleeping around. And feeling like trash afterwards because I would go to church and I'm lifting my hands. And I really sincerely, I mean, I was repenting in my heart and all this stuff. But I didn't feel authentic. I remember one time I'm working for the city that I grew up in. I worked on the sanitation department and they needed some help. We had a bad storm come through and they put me on a truck um, that was going through the communities and it was cleaning up debris like the, the tree limbs and that kind of thing. And I'm out there with a pitchfork raking up all this pine straw and these pine combs and I'm trying to throw them over the side of this truck. And I see a young man coming to me and I could just tell this young man was plagued with life. And I stood beside there. I'm raking this stuff up. And he walks by. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, hey. Kept right on going. I don't want to be stereotypical, so I'm not going to tell you what he looked like. But I knew. I just knew he had issues. He walked by, said nothing to me. 
I get so troubled. I'm throwing this pine straw and this debris from the storm over the side of the truck. And I get in the truck with my good friend. His name was Eric Dees. I get in the truck with him and I say, man, I can't believe what just happened. He's like, what's up? I said, this guy walked by me who I know had all kinds of issues in his life, some of which I believe I had an answer to. And he didn't see no mark on me or nothing authentic about me. He just walked by me. Like there was nothing about my life that had a seal where he could see Christ in me. And I, I was really bothered by that. So I want to ask you a question. Other than church attendance and like paying tithes, what is the seal on our life, guys, that makes us different in our communities? I'm talking about myself included. It can't be that I got a bumper sticker of a cross on the back of my car. Which, by the way, don't have those cheesy ones. Like in case of rapture, this car is yours. Like, come on. Anyway, please don't do that. Not from here. Don't do that from here. Like, but what is the seal? What is the seal? What is the seal? What is the thing that has marked us that makes us difficult to blend in? I was so bothered by the fact that I I didn't stand out. Like he didn't notice it about me. And that started me on a little bit of a journey. See, one of the things the Holy Spirit does when he seals you is he brings authenticity to you. And I I just want to attack this from one angle today. Romans 8.16 I think you got that in the back, Sherry, if you got that. I think you have it anyway. Romans 8, 16 um, says this, that God's spirit bears witness with our spirit. Watch this, that we are what? Children of God. God's spirit witnesses to our spirit that we are children of God. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is the one that so identifies you as his that you can't be talked out of it? I've said this a lot. I'll continue to say it. Where I grew up at, the way we did our Christianity is you could be in Christ one day and out of Christ the next. Right? Remember that? Remember Hopscotch Jesus? Like, legit, if you made a mistake, you're out, man. You're out. Matter of fact, real conversation. Me and my cousin were talking a couple of days ago, and he legitimately told me. just said, man, I, have a, I, have, I struggle with knowing that I'm like really the Lord's because of it's how we've been taught. Paid thousands of dollars in church. Been to you don't know how many church services. Love God, but make a few mistakes, boy, and you're not God's anymore. But the Holy Spirit comes and says, I want to bear witness with your spirit. I want to so let you know on the inside. I want to do such a deep work in you that you will never, ever fear being afraid that you lost out on being a son. Like, how would our natural kids feel? How would your children feel, Kaylin, if they felt like if I didn't hit a home run, that, Dad, I'm no longer your son anymore? If we don't, if we don't do that as natural parents, why on God's great name do we do this in the kingdom of God? And do you understand that this is being passed out like Sunday morning Captain Crunch cereal churches everywhere? So essentially, I'm a better dad than he is. We're better parents than God is. No, he comes to say, I'm bearing witness to your spirit that I am yours and you are mine. Song of Solomon says, I am my beloved's and my beloved's is mine. If God had a rose, God doesn't say, I love you and I love you not. Every petal on the rose says, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Even when you miss it, 
I still love you. Even after you made that mistake, I still love you. Yes, even after your most vicious sin, I still love you. I pray repentance in your heart, but I still love you. I love you. I love you. I I come to bear witness that I am yours and that you are mine. I come to seal you. Do you guys know what it's like to be around somebody that's fake? Now, everybody says something. (laughs) They're like, wow. In Jesus' day, um, they had, Ken and Missy will appreciate this. They own a theatrical company. But in Jesus' day, they had theater. They had shows. They had performances. And if you performed in a show and you wore a mask, a mask to portray another character, you were called a hypocrite. It wasn't a bad term. Now, 2023 years later, it's a really bad term. If you performed in a play, they called you a hypocrite because you put on a mask to portray another character. It wasn't a bad term. Except Jesus walked up to people in his day, the religious rulers, and guess what he called them? Hypocrites. Only problem was they weren't wearing masks. But they were wearing masks. He said, you hypocrites, because you are pretending to be something that you're really not. You're not authentic. You're not marked. Well, what does marking look like? They Actually, these hypocrites were convincing people that they were not God's children. Hmm. You know what? Things that are authentic cost a lot more than things that aren't. That coach purse costs a lot more than that off-brand purse. But boy, it looks good, doesn't it? There's some stuff you better not cut corners on. Listen, don't go to Walmart and get that off-brand aluminum foil. Woo-hoo! It's crazy. <laughs> Woo! Don't, you better stick with little Debbie. Don't get that off-brand. Don't get that Dr. Thunder. You better get that Dr. Pepper. There's some stuff you don't want to get off and you definitely better get the real mark. Listen to what I'm telling you. Let the Holy Spirit seal something in your hearts and in my heart. You tracking with me? So listen to what Paul says. He gets he winds up all the way in Ephesus and he finds some people that are already believers, followers of Jesus, and he asks them. He says, "Have you received since you what?" And they said, "Receive what?" He said, the baptism. What baptism? He said, the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the immersion. Everybody say this. Say baptism means to immerse. That's what baptism means. So when you hear John the Baptist, he's really John the immerser. John the Baptist is really John the Immerser, okay? And so Paul says, have you received the immersion of the Holy Spirit? And they said something interesting. They said, we didn't even know there was such a thing. He said, well, whose baptism have you received? They said, the baptism of John. He said, oh, yeah, 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 I got you. Come on, Alyssa, I'm going to go and wrap up here. We're going to get out of church early today. Somebody's going to get really blessed. So he says, whose baptism have you received? And Matthew, they said, we received the baptism of John. Remember what John was doing. Listen, remember what John was doing. John preached the, well, I was going to say the gospel. John preached for six months about his first cousin, Jesus. John never raised one person from the dead. He never opened one person's blind eyes. 
He actually would have been in line to have been a great priest of his day, but he left it and went and lived in the wilderness. History says they didn't even know what happened to John the Baptist for a number of years. But he found this company of people called the Essenes, and they taught John the ways of the Lord. John would have lived in the nicest houses of his day had he chosen to be a priest. But he recognized there's no glory there. They're not authentic, and he left it. He could have eaten the nicest food of his day, and it would have been paid for because he'd have been a priest. And at a certain age, like a president, when he left the priesthood, he would have been taking care of the rest of his life. He would have had the best clothes. I mean, a priest in John's day would have been like a religious peacock. They had the best. They looked the best. But John said, God isn't on it, so I don't want it. And he went and lived in the wilderness. And after a number of years, after people thought John had died off, he comes out of the wilderness with fire in his mouth. And this is what he was saying. Y'all better repent. Don't think, say, I'm sorry when you hear the word repent. Repent means metanoia. Deals with your noose, your mind, your way of thinking, how you perceive things, your mind's paradigm. He says, change how you think because the kingdom of God is at hand. And his words, even though he never performed any miracles, his words were so piercing that the Bible says he began to draw people from all the surrounding regions. And they made their way down to the Jordan River and got baptized by a man who should have been a priest who was wearing camel's hair up top with a leather girdle about his loins, not brushing his teeth, eating locusts and wild honey. Yeah, he's a wild man. He's a wild man. He's a wild man. He was immersed in the Holy Spirit while he was in his mother's womb. He was a wild man. And after several years of being in the wilderness, he steps out and he starts preaching. And his message is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And people start coming down. What is this guy talking about? And they recognized in the days of John, there was not another living prophet other than Jesus himself. And they said, this man is a prophet. And he began to preach and people began to repent. And John got the revelation, I need to baptize them to repentance. And so they were coming and they would listen to this wild man preach about this baptism and a change of how you think. And he would say this. He would say, look, I'm baptizing you in water for the remission of your sins. But there's coming somebody. There's coming somebody. There's coming somebody. And for six months he did this, Quentin. There's coming somebody after me. Like, Who are you talking about? What's he going to look like? How do we know when he comes? He says, I'm baptizing you in water for the remission or the forgiveness of your sins. But when this man comes, he is going to immerse you into Holy Spirit and with fire. And for six months, John shook up his whole region, not by going to them, but by them coming to him. And you know the story. He's preaching one day, right? And who comes walking over those Judean hills? It's the Lamb of God. And John sees Jesus coming over the hills. And he says, behold, which means look this way, set your gaze this way. He says, now this is the Lamb of God who has come to do what? Take away the sin of the whole world. What? You, that, that, that statement alone will get you killed in his day. You don't call a man God's Lamb because men don't take away sin. And Jesus makes his way down into the Jordan River to join John. And remember what the problem was. The problem was is Jesus had never sinned, but he's at a sinner's baptism. 
And I can see, man, just by faith, I can see John almost trembling as Jesus came. And remember the statement of Jesus to John? He says, John, immerse me. I'm the one you've been talking about. Immerse me. And what does John say back to Jesus? Remember that? He said, I need you to baptize me. But yeah, you're asking me to baptize you. In other words, I need what you got. <laughs> Why are you coming to me? You shouldn't even be in this water. You never even did anything wrong. Oh, but he was, the union of humanity and divinity was starting. He was starting the whole reconciling process. And he says, John, I need you to baptize me because I'm fixing to fulfill all righteousness. What is all righteousness? The righteousness needed for every human being, past, present, and future, to be rightly united back to their heavenly father. I've come to fulfill that. And upon hearing that, John says, I'll baptize you then. And John grabbed a sinless man and baptized him in a sinner's baptism. Remember? And he brought the Son of God up out of the water. And John, I like John's gospel. He says, and straightway, the heavens were open. Huh? Pitiful translation. The heavens were ripped apart. It's the same word they used when the veil was ripped. The heavens were torn open. And the Spirit of God came down in the form of a dove and sat upon the shoulder of the Christ. Because lambs, watch this, lambs always attract the doves. And what did Papa say that day when his son got baptized? This is my boy. I'm so pleased with you. It's my son. I'm pleased with you. And Jesus comes dripping water out of the Jordan that day. And the Bible said, been led by the Spirit of God. He was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And John said, this is the man that is going to baptize you in Holy Spirit with fire. And the disciples, after falling for three years in an upper room after Jesus is gone, the fire that he promised them came and it rested upon them. And with the fire came boldness. With the fire came authenticity. They were not trained ministers. They were fishermen and tax collectors. With the fire came a willingness to even love people that didn't believe like them, act like them, that weren't their same skin color. Come on. I, some of you need to disconnect your TV and get rid of it. Because every political season you go crazy. Because you drink the Kool-Aid of what the media is showing you. And you say you're filled with the Spirit of Christ, but you don't act like Him. You don't post like Him. You don't think like Him. Don't drink it. Don't drink it. They're going to start talking about skin stuff. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. I am a minority, but don't drink the Kool-Aid. You're filled with the Spirit of Christ. You hear that? You got a world around you thirsting to death for some truth. We got a world around us that is drowning in information but dying for truth. And God said, I put my spirit on the inside of you to go make a difference, to love people that don't think like you, smell like you, dress like you, do finances the way you do it, do marriage the way you do it. But they need me. Yeah, but what if they never change? Then they never change, but you won't be guilty of not loving them. And the thing that makes Jesus different in the cosmos is that he was anointed with Christ, and yes, he was Christ. But what, what that makes him is he was so authentic. That he didn't demand people change in order to love them. But it was by him loving them that, yes, gave them permission to change.
Stand to your feet with me. Maverick City sings a song. This one, it was on their first album and they would say, I want the real thing. Man, I want the real thing. I know people call me crazy things all the time. My cousin was just telling me some of the stuff that people say about me back home. I'm talking about bad stuff, man. I'm like, man, it's okay. What am I guilty of? Loving people. You know, people would get upset about what they think you said. Because they filter everything through a religious filter. Yeah, come on, put your hand over your heart. Father, I ask you today. Would you let our family be immersed? Would you let us be immersed in Holy Spirit fire? Come on, this is my prayer for us today. Would you let us be sealed or marked with authenticity? I need this. I want this to be true in Twin Oaks. I want it to be true where Matt Louder lives in Yukon. I, I want it to be true where Quentin lives in North Carolina. I want it, I want it to be true where, where the Pills live. I want it to be true where Gerard and Parthenia lives. What if you are the only salt and light in your region? Come on. What if you're the only truth bearer where you work? Come on now. What if you're the only truth bearer in the gym where you go to? What if God sent you to the neighborhood Walmart or to your Crest or to your grocery store just to be a light of love to people what about in your community like where you live where you sleep do your neighbors know come on if we had to find enough evidence to convict us of being followers of Jesus what would that look like I'm telling you the world is looking for people that are genuine Ooh, Lord would you let an immersion of fire happen to us now in Jesus name come on you don't need a pastor to lay hands on you I'm telling you the Holy Spirit right where you are can lay hands on you and some of you right now, if there is a particular sin or struggle that comes to your mind, that's the Holy Spirit's way of saying, I want to deal with that right now. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, whatever that thing is, I pray that you would take your fire of purity and you would consume that thing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I hear this in my heart. Some of us keep telling ourselves, well, that can't be me. It can't be for me because I know what I did yesterday or I got this one consistent struggle. I'm telling you, God will not let your struggle stop you from being a person that he wants to witness to. Let him consume your struggle. When you got in Christ, your struggles got in Christ too. I said, when you got in Christ, your struggles got in Christ too. Father, would you consume the struggle in Jesus' name? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Shoo. If there is something you need to repent about, change the way you think about, now's a good time to do it. Lord, I repent of how I saw this. I repent of how I saw them. Would you just add purity to my heart, Lord? Would you just purify my heart? Would you purify my lens? Would you purify my lens so I can see things and people and situations the same way that you do? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, I just want you just to hold your hands up. If you need a fresh baptism, come on. Just several days after Acts 2, they were, they, they were already drinking in the wine of the Holy Spirit again, getting shaken again. If you need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, this has nothing to do with how you feel, but everything to do with how you believe. I just want you just to lift up your hands for a moment. Some of you may need this for the very first time. Just receive this. That's what I'm asking. Father, right now in Jesus' name, 
I ask you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the immersion in the Holy Spirit to come to your sons and daughters right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, would you send that to us right now? If that's you, just receive that right where you stand. Right where you stand, a fresh baptism, a fresh immersion in the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. Just receive that right now in Jesus' name. Come on, when he comes, I'm telling you, he'll wipe out shame. He'll wipe out a lack of confidence. He will come to convince you that you are the righteousness of God, even in light of how you've currently lived. He will wipe that out in Jesus' name. He'll give you a holy boldness to believe about you what he believes about you in Jesus' name. Father, we just receive your baptism of your spirit. We drink that in now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to take this one step further. I'm getting ready to pray in my heavenly language. I'm going to count to three. And if you have a heavenly language you pray in, I want you to softly pray with me. If you've never prayed in a heavenly language and you desire to, now is a beautiful day to do it. It's as easy as it is for me talking in English because that's my real native tongue. (laughs) You don't have to try to plan it out. Just by faith, you speak. I'm going to count to three and softly begin to pray. If you're in the room and you pray in a heavenly language, I want you to join me in doing so. One, two, three. Makondo bashinde be kontorobo. Come on, let's fill the room. Mandarabo kondiribi shike tarabaraba. Riketo orokonda ma ishteke. Ri itu uma ata ilee ruunda uma anta. Rishteki bo utu uru uti. Just keep on praying softly for me. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues, just receive that now. And by faith, just speak. This is how it happens. (laughs) This is how it happens. You don't got to work it up, conjure it up. You just receive the Holy Spirit. And one of the evidences that he gives us is the evidence of speaking in tongues. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Papa. Paul said in Romans 8, when the Holy Spirit comes and he seals us with the spirit of adoption, he said we get to cry out, Abba, Father. Daddy, Father. You can call him Father with confidence now because he bears witness with your spirit that you are a son or a daughter of God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Is there any people in the room you are legitimately fearful of potentially losing your salvation? Like that's just something that has plagued you by a show of hands. Is there anybody in the room? I just, I really want to pray. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see one. I want to just direct your hand. Was that you, Ashley? Just direct your hand toward Ashley. I want to so obliterate that thought. I want us to be so confident in God's love for us that that thing will never, ever have a right here. This is what some men did for me, and I want to do this for our family. Let's pray over Ashley. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are filling her with heaven-born confidence. That what Jesus has accomplished for her can never be undone. Not by thought nor by deed. And Lord, if there is something that is plaguing her life, 
she'll know that what John said, if your heart condemns you, he said, God is greater than your heart. <laughs> and I say over you, Ashley, even when you feel like your heart condemns you, God is greater than the feelings that come across your heart. And what he has done, the blood he has shed, the life he has given can never be undone. You were, you are, and you always will be his and what he has done for you can never be wiped away even when thoughts of separation come to your mind paul said they were only in your mind you are his you are his you are his in jesus name come on if you're grateful for the sealing of the holy spirit can we just give god a clap of praise today Before we go, I want you to do one thing. When you leave out of here today in the lobby, we have actually put some posters up that actually have the dates that I called out today. Would you just take a screenshot of those if you could and remember them? And remember, next week, please, please bring the school supplies because we do desperately need them. We bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen in to what Jesus is doing right here at Way Family Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. If you want to be a part of helping us to continue to share the gospel, and get it out to as many people as we can, you can do that via Cash App at dollar sign Way Family Church, or you can visit our website at wayfamilychurch.com and click on the giving tab. For more information about Way Family Church, you can connect with us on all social media platforms or simply go to wayfamilychurch.com. Be blessed.